Hi everyone, thank you to um, everyone for uh, tuning in to Talk About Life. Um, the House of Talk About Life, either in video on YouTube or video uh, or rate audio on a podcast Talk About Life. Um, and today I have a wonderful uh, virtual friend, Ben, that I know uh, from uh, KL Malaysia. Um, a really professional guy, a wonderful talk with him. Uh, I, I feel that we've got this virtual friendship now, you know, and um, I'm inviting him and his wife, and I know a little bit about his family. What a warm, wonderful family um, we've got there um, here in Malaysia, Singapore. The, the siblings or cousins across the causeway. And for the next um, couple of minutes, I'd like him to promote Malaysia um, to the world. And I also like to tell tell uh, the international audience um, a little bit about Singapore. Um, you know, I do my part as a Singaporean, and hopefully, when this goes out, the pandemic is over, um, and then people can come to Singapore to spend the tourism dollar <laughs> to help the SMEs, help the, the the food restaurants. You know, to help that 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 mom uh, uh, was working. Um, to help the shop that's struggling, to save jobs, come on to Singapore um, to, cre to, to, to create more jobs again. You know, um, Singapore is a little island, beautiful. Um, we've got the Marina Bay Sands. Um, we've got this integrated casino. I've not been there to be honest with you. I was really against that stand of having a casino in Singapore. However, um, this will be the main attraction for a lot of international tourists. And we've got Santosa. Right, and if people have um, uh, have not heard about Singapore, Singapore is not part of China. We're really far away, <laughs> and Singapore is nowhere near Fiji Island. And someone said, "Oh, is it near to Fiji?" And Singapore is not the Philippines. So, um, but you know, Singapore is a little island, um, uh, forty kilometers from the west to the east. You can drive about um, one and a half hours, but it's, it's, it's this little island that is so packed with people. People are stacking up on top of each other through um, high-rise um, high blocks, high-rise apartments. But hey, uh, I think uh, I'm proud to say that the trademark of Singapore, and likewise with, with Malaysia, I think there's so much respect for this diversity. Um, this respect and embracing of, um, of different uh, uh, faith, you know, and uh, different, um, the people who practice different faith, different religion, and, and, and I feel that it's, it's kind of like uh, needed in the world, in certain parts of the world right now, you know, the kind of um, being able to sit down over across the table with different faith and still and uh, share table of food and have fun and joke about it, have a pack on the back and, and still hug each other uh, no matter what faith you are. And I, and I kind of you proud of that uh, in this part of the world, um, Andre uh, Ben? <laughs> no, like you said, Vicky, it's uh, well said. I mean, Asia is known for our friendliness, our warmth, our hospitality, our food. So people from wherever around around the world can just come here, relax. The, the weather yeah. is hot all the time and humid. You can get a tan. You can lose some weight because if you go for walks in the street, you'll sweat a lot. And that's always good for exercise. <laughs> so Let's, and you yeah. don't have to feel so don't have to feel so bad when you're eating something good. So now we are in safer times. Please come to Southeast Asia. Please come to Malaysia. Please come to Singapore. 
I quite enjoy Singapore, even though it's a bit more expensive than Malaysia because of the currency exchange. I've worked in Singapore for two years. And Malaysia is just brother and sister. We used to be one country, but you know, very, very similar in terms of food, religion, and faith, and people, and beliefs. So I don't see why. I, I've never heard anything negative from someone outside Asia who have come to Singapore and Malaysia and enjoy the true Malaysian, Singaporean hospitality. Yeah. So please, in safer times, come to Malaysia and Singapore. And I'm yeah. very confident you'll enjoy it. Yeah, and I also like to promote Malaysia, uh, my neighbor. You know, what I really enjoy the street food of Malaysia. You know, my husband and I will drive across the causeway, sometimes waiting one hour. But it's so worth it when we go across because I love the food and the day alia um, there. You know, that I mean, I love the day alia. You can see that. I tell them I want it fresh. And um, yep. I, I want it really like power <laughs> with the ginger. You know, um, you've got these small uh, micro uh, uh, enterprises that, you know, I, I always feel that this is the answer to unemployment in a lot of countries. Um, and, and just to be really honest with Ben, you know, I am having this conversation always with my husband. Like, you know, if you want to solve unemployment in Singapore, it's tough. Because number one, we've got no agriculture, right? But I say, hey, if you are unemployed in a country like in Malaysia, just go to the farm, get some uh, D24, and tell the industry. You know, I mean, unemployment, um, I would say that uh, 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 um, it's, I, I should say that people are enterprising in Malaysia, you know. And in Singapore, the hurdle makes it harder for people to get a job, especially when you are being laid off in times like this. Um, it makes it really hard because here people are saying, okay, let's talk about AI, let's talk about data mining, let's talk about um, cryptocurrency. But hey, I mean, it's so hard for me to go into a new field when I'm not trained there and you're telling me to retrain myself to go into a new field at a particular stage of my life. Um, it's really hard. But if I'm in Malaysia, I was telling my husband, hey, it's so easy, I'm just going to get a truck. <laughs> I'm going to lay and open my boot and I'm just going to put in all my um, uh, durians or go to the farm and, and just sell, I mean, whatever. I mean, people are just enterprising, you know, and, and you need to create this environment where, where people can be self-employed. Like um, a kind of, uh, uh, how should I say, not stifling the people's imagination. And I think I have it, you have it there uh, right at the doorstep uh, of Singapore, which is in JB, you know, and, and sometimes I think, you know, it's so hard for a, a country that is so small that doesn't have a rural uh, countryside to go to. Of course, it makes it harder for us because we're all like stifled um, here on an island. We've got nowhere to go. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the economic aspect that we are talking about today, the micro enterprises, uh, people who are... I should say that in this part of Asia, people do not uh, expect to have a free lunch. They work, you know, and, and this is the spirit of Asians. Uh, people don't expect to go to a government um, to get a handout, right? Um, people don't expect to, to, to go to the street and then, um, you know, people expect to work somehow and to find their way of existence. 
Um, and, and I see that in, in the spirit of Asian, always very diligent, moving forward. Um, and I've got so much respect for people with the micro enterprises, the mother, the father come together to have this business that employs everyone. Um, so I am concerned about uh, 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 employment, of course, because of, of, uh, of the situation. And uh, a lot of people are laid off. And this is true thing. Um, it may not be talked so much on the news, uh, to be honest with you. Because it's a touchy, it could be political, uh, it got to do with policies, etc. But I think people like us, we are professional enough and mature enough to, to deal with these questions of uh, jobs. Um, uh, and how uh, this pandemic hitting the man in the street, the, the mama shops, you know, the, 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 the kind of, the small micro enterprises, um, are, they, are they doing well in Malaysia? No, Vicky, uh, they're not. So yeah, very Really, really bad from March yeah. till June. And then things got better when the movement control order was lifted and a little bit yeah. more relaxed. Yeah. People were allowed to go back to work in okay. small numbers, not all, all numbers, but restaurants were open to two or three people. I mean, two was the most that people could enter a restaurant. Yeah. So that was that. Yeah. And then things were slowly improving. Sorry. So, sorry, Vicky. No problem. We have. We are just having a social chat. How cute your girl wants you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Sorry, continue where I left off. Yeah. No, two people to a restaurant, so that was improving, but the restaurants would still deliver. Yeah. And then uh, things were things were getting much, 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 much better. I think I repeated this mm. quite a lot in the interview, Vicky, but things were improving a lot. But then the numbers spiked because of certain in activities in Malaysia. October, yeah. Yeah. Um, more September. September, September. yeah. Everything yeah. spiked and just getting massively concerning. So the government went back and introduced CMCO. Yeah. And yeah, we are back to square one. Not as bad as before. People can still go to restaurants, but very limited going out. It's not a complete lockdown like it was in March. Yeah. So, so when, when you yeah. go into the malls, you go into the streets, what do you see? Right? Because we're not there. Right? And there isn't any news. Tell us, like, what? When you go into the malls and when you go to the streets whereby you used to go, explain. Quiet. Yeah. It's very quiet. Yeah. Uh, traffic is clear. I mean, who ever thought Kuala Lumpur the traffic is clear? Yeah. The traffic is very clear. You can get to point A to point B within 10 15 minutes, yeah. which is unheard of in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. So that's the positive, I suppose, if you look at it that way, for yeah. some people who can go to the office or to their work. Yeah. So it has been, no, I'm not going to paint a rosy picture. It's been hard. It's been very hard. You want to you, you find out the answer. Has it been tough by the man in the street? It's tough for everybody, for the man and woman and children in the street. Children yeah. are frustrated. I mean, the local schools, they don't have access to Zoom school. Yeah. So they oh, just get home. Well, some home. people don't have access to homeschool because they have no internet. Not really, because at the end of the day, don't forget Zoom and internet. You need all this very strong 
IT support. Some yeah. schools have the private schools have it. A lot of the government. I see. So, so the government schools, what the local schools do is that not all, some, they yeah. they, they give their children homework, so that stifles the learning. Exams have been postponed. Yeah. Okay, major exams have been postponed. Mm. Work. Certain people have lost their jobs, especially the service industry, airline, mm. tourism, hospitality. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sports, which I'm, all sports are cancelled. Mm. Yep. Gyms and, are closed. Yeah. And 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 this is really hitting the the economic dollar of the family. You know, we've we've got two two parts to it. Like, um, you you know, when my when I go to uh, uh, Johor Bahru, the last time I went to KL was like ten years ago, and I go to JB like almost other weekend. We just drive in, and and I see people are in um, shops, in the coffee shops. They're selling things. The prata, I love it. The brani, I love it. Now these micro um, enterprises, they, they they really depend on the traffic, right? One second, big second. Hello, I'm sorry, Vicky. We're in a bit of a no problem. The multitasker husband and dad <laughs> and nanny at the same time. Sorry. My son locked the room, the main room, so we're getting a locksmith. The main room, the main yep. room. You've got such a huge house. What an envy for us in Singapore. <laughs> oh, it's not a huge house. It's just he locked it and has to get a locksmith, and that's why he locked it at five o'clock. My coffee is at five thirty, so. At least I give the locksmith some work. <laughs> oh, really? Really got locked in? And you got to get someone to actually. <laughs> yeah, the main, our main bedroom where all the okay. computers, okay. Money, the clothes. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I feel good that I've given the locksmith some money today. Double thumbs so, up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, back, back, no, back, uh, back, back, to, back to what you were saying is like, it's tough. It's tough for the micro um, enterprises that uh, micro enterprises is employing almost like eighty to ninety percent of the of an Asian economy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it, look, Vicky, I it, I put it very simply and straightforward to you. Yeah. It has been the roughest year of the roughest years. The, I've seen the Asian financial crisis. I've seen the U.S. subprimes affect Southeast Asia. I graduated during September 11th. This wow. takes the cake. Wow. So, there are people who are starting. Really? The government, the government is trying to help, mm. but how can they help so much when there's no money coming in, just money going out? Mm. So. Uh, tell us a bit about the population of uh, the population composition of Malaysia. Malaysia is quite straightforward. It's 31 million people. Mm. One million is people who are acting like expats or foreign workers. Mm. So in that 30 million, Malaysia is quite straightforward. It used to be 60, 30, 10. No, sorry, 60, 30, 8, 2. 60% Malay. 30% Chinese, 8% Indian, and 2% of a mixed race, people of a mixed race. 
mm. Chinese, Indian, what we call Chindian, mm. Western, Western, one Western parent, one mm. Asian mother, Asian mm. parent. Usually, yeah. it's the Western father, Asian mother. Mm. Sometimes it's the other way around, but more often than not, it's that. Yeah. So, but now with Malaysia, has changed over the years. A lot of Chinese and Indian and mix from the from the mixed race section have migrated overseas. Mm. The two most famous countries that they migrate to is Australia and Canada, according mm. to my research mm. global census. And they set up homes in Perth, mm. Melbourne, Canada, in mm. Toronto. Apparently, if you go to these Western communities, mm. you'll find a very strong Malaysian community, especially mm. in Perth. Mm. So, yes. So if you, I think if you look at the population now, 60, 20, mm. five, and maybe five. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, tell uh, us, tell us now the the um, explain to explain to all of us the world. Um, uh, first question: Who is Malaysian? All right. Okay. Who is a Malaysian? I mean, definitely Malaysian is not Henry Golding, right? Not every Malaysian is Henry Golding, right? Malaysian. His mother yeah. is from. He's Malaysian, but not every man in the street. I mean, tell us who is Malaysia? Who is a Malaysian? Yourself, uh, etc. And then, and then tell I, us. I, I, I look at it. I look at it this way. Yeah. A Malaysian is every. Chan, Ali, Ramasingham, Henry, or Smith. That An is amalgamation. An amalgamation of a melting pot. Yeah, that is the beauty of Malaysia. You can meet someone with a name of Jacqueline Arnold, and mm. they are not Western. They mm. come from a mixed race of Portuguese, Malacca blood, mm. and a real, real mixed race. And, you know, mm. on paper, you think. They are, mm. they are from the West, but they are Malaysian, and they look Malaysian. They speak Malay really, really well. Yeah. Or who is Walter Samuel, yeah. an Indian person, a professional, mm. who is of Christian faith? Mm. And then you have mm. Muhammad Ali Abu Bakar, Muslim, but he has many friends who are from different races and faiths, mm. and we respect each other. He's Muslim. He goes to he goes to the mosque every Friday, and then he's probably married to someone like Fatima Fatima Rahim, who is you know very smart, professional, but still true to their faith and their culture. Mm. And then you've got Tapaloy, Gotekwa. They may be religious they may not be they could be christian they could be buddhist but it's not really something they, they they may speak about it they may not but we are all united by our love for chicken rice chakwityao nasi lama our family and working hard for our families yeah i always and, say malaysians yeah, and, and, are about yeah. Yeah. i always and say then, malaysians are about three f's like what family food and finance yeah. Finance, they work hard for the finance to look after the family and put food on the table. That's all it is. Uh, well said, well said. I think that is something that the Ministry of Communication should bring you as the spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
trying to I'm uh, trying to lose some weight. We have a White House uh, speaker, right? Well, our <laughs> White House is Putrajaya, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I I want to ask you now the Malaysian man in the street now. So for me, I go to um, my love for the Malaysian food, right? Um, they do it so well, right? I mean, I I don't need to go to the fancy restaurant. Um, I just go to the street. It's so authentic, but it's done by the people. They mix the the spices and then they slap it onto the rice. And then you know, I watch all these videos uh, on YouTube about people traveling through every part of a different rural, uh, you know, part of there's so many different states that is slightly different in terms of the food culture, you know. And you have all these mama. Uh, you call them or the ibus, you call them all these aunties, you call them, they're like, okay, I'm going to cook the different kinds of 20, 30, 50 kind of curries, you know, and the different kinds of uh, sambal, um, chili, um, different kinds of the nasi lama, and the different kinds of, you know, it's like, it's such a colorful, just colorful cuisine, I mean, which is a reflection of the culture. I mean, food is culture. No, no, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is uh, yeah. I think. Uh, I think every expat who does work in Malaysia, I think if they can catch on to this very, very fast, and accept this very, very fast, and use this to their business advantage, they'll go very far in Malaysia. Yeah. I think. I think in, in the West, where I studied once upon a time, you know, a meal is a meal. Steak and shepherd's pie, fish and chips, you eat it and that's it. And then you go off back to work or go home or whatever. But <laughs> it's so Malaysian, boring, right? Yeah, but Malaysian I suppose they treat their food like how Westerners would have a few beers. In the West they say, let's have a few beers. Yeah. So they beer they drink a few beers and they they talk and catch up. But Malaysians we I mean, generally speaking, we're not a heavy drinking race or nation because of the Muslim factor. So people like to meet up for food. Yeah. You know? So that's the character that I always like. That's it. I always say to my Western friends, you guys love beer, we love food. Yeah, so that's why when I when I go to Malaysia, uh, JB, the motivation was really food. So so my question is like you did talk about um, it's hitting hard. Like tell us like what's happening to this micro enterprises the people who are selling the food in the streets the people who are selling the food in the in the shops um you know how how are they hanging on uh to the situation now how are they how are they hanging in there how are they hanging in there vicky can we take a two minute break i just okay uh, i'll come it. back no 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 we'll, we'll stay online Okay. Nice. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are, we, are, we are really talking about this. This, you know, studies have shown even in Indonesia, um, in Asia, 80%, 90% of employment it's really by the SMEs and SMEs could be could come in various forms right 
they could selling fashion, they could selling household items. They could they, they are typically um, run by like husband wives, employing the children. And you know, when I see Malaysia, it's really um, the food. That's where I am most uh, familiar with. Uh, maybe we start from there, and then you can explain to us some of these SMEs and micro enterprises. And you did talk, you did say that it's hitting um, the economy and the man in the street, um, the micro self-employed, really, really hard. Um, tell us about it, Vicky. There's nothing really much to tell. Everybody has struggled from the upper end to the lower end. Certain mm. companies have been very generous in the mm. sense that they didn't cut anybody's jobs mm. because they were, they were trying to build some brand loyalty or employee brand loyalty, yeah. as they say in human resource. Mm. So, I mean, certain, I won't name names, but I had friends in the airline industry. They got their three-month marching orders. Not all of them, some. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel sorry for the airline industry because they've been in that industry for their, almost their whole life. I mean, they don't Same really, some of them don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't really have, have been cut. Even, yeah, uh, they, don't really, they don't really have a transferable skill set to other industries. That's true. So it's, it's been very hard for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hospitality, anything to do with service. If you are not selling a product, yeah. those like IT services, consulting services, tourism, hospitality, sports, gym and recreation, education to a certain degree, it's all Habistritala, but not Habistrita forever, but it's just on a big hole. So, I mean, 60% of my income was slashed because of COVID-19. Mm. And it is what it is. I mean, you can complain about it, whatever, but it's like I spoke to a friend today. I think for one month, he just looked at the walls and said, what the hell am I going to do? You know, he did not know what to do. I did not know what to do. I didn't have a plan B. And I'm, I'm the guy who made plan A, B, E, C, D, and E. And I had no plan Z. Mm. Because everything yeah. was stopped. Everything is just the, the whole world stopped. So... You, I mean, I don't mean to be. I don't, I, excuse me if I sound unfriendly. It's just yeah. I'm just just talking out of frustration. Yeah. SME, MNC, small business operator, mom and pop shop. We've all yeah. struggled. I think yeah. the only one that may not have struggled as much is the one that was selling the masks. <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah. But you know okay. what? You know what? You yeah. gotta find. I mean. As I don't, I haven't found, I haven't discovered all the answers yet. Yeah. But as they say in entrepreneurship, when there's a crisis, you have to pounce. Mm. How can your business be a solution to the problem? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's still gonna eat. Yeah. I mean, mm. thank God last year, and I say this in a good way. Thank God last year mm. it was fasting month. So mm. as Muslims, we fast, we don't eat during mm. the day. So that was good, you know. I mean, save some money, mm. but you know what? The children need to eat. They don't fast. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Been, it's been tough, Vicky. It's, it's been really, really tough. tough. Everybody, yeah. the whole national job workforce in Malaysia has struggled. Full stop. Yeah. 
and and um, I want to let you know that it has not been easy um, uh, in Singapore either. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, it's you know there, there it's are, there are, Yeah, and and of course, um, I think certain news, the lid is being kept on certain news. You know, um, or that journalism has kind of stopped for a while. <laughs> I don't see any news at all. You know, um, not at, not at all, and, and of course, uh, not as much as I would like to, and that's a that's a total understatement. Um, I don't hear news about uh, men in the street, the struggles that people are going through, um, and that's why I think our talk is real. I, I think we can surface some of our concerns for our friends, etc. Uh, of course, there are news that people do jump down the building, and I'm just telling you. Yeah, mental health, yes. yes. Um, uh, yeah, people jump down the building. Um, uh, 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 it could be mental health. It could be financial health. It could be I, a lot, a lot of things that I can't even put my finger on because it's too complex. You know, it's just caving in. I think it's the world just starts to like cave in, and it starts to just like implode and collapse on certain groups of people and people who are not able to find some help whatever uh, help from families help from therapies help from the government financial help etc um, during this time um, i would say it's it's it, it's it, to it's using the word tough is a total understatement um it, it's really it's i mean there are people there are people who just you know, in the news, little, but they are coming. So um, we we don't want to usually talk about you know such negative things. But you know, um, if if Ben, you ha- you have something that you want to say, like how you hope that uh, life can be a little bit better for the man in the street. No, as we say oh, in Malay. Yeah. Yeah. No, as we say in Malaysia, we Muslims say, and most Malaysians say this anyway as a cultural phrase. Inshallah, God willing, that things will improve. Mm. We believe we keep we keep believing that because there's no point being negative. Mm. Being yeah. negative does can contribute to a bit mental. of a mental yeah. breakdown. Yeah. So, as friend, as I I always encourage. Friends, yeah. because I'm a mental health trainer. I did a mental health course this year in Singapore online. So, what I encourage my friends to do: call each other. I've, I've, I've been through depression before. I had a depression many years ago, and mm. that's another story for another day. But I'm open about it, and I say to friends: give each other a call. Let's support each other. We may not be able to give each other money, and nor should I give. Nor should I never like to borrow money from anybody, and I won't. Yeah. And. Uh, but let's call each other, let's support each other. If we can find a way to chatty business or do a business that will make yeah. some form of a sale, why not? Mm. So there's a bit of brainstorming there through the friendship connections mm. in Malaysia. Mm. And whether it's generating money for families mm. and friends, I hope so, but mm. that's a bit unrecorded. But mm. yeah, everybody's just trying to find a way it was improving. I, I, I'll be honest. It was improving month by month. The, the Malaysian government. I kid you not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not political. I don't support any political party. I work with the government of the day. But mm. the Ministry of Health did a fantastic job. 
a fantastic job. But unfortunately, certain things couldn't be controlled yeah. and the numbers went up. Yeah. I mean, we did, we did a better job than Australia. We did a better job than most European countries. But the thing about Malaysians is we're not very good at shouting about milestones. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to be a milestone consultant for the Malaysian government to tell us how to shout louder and prouder. Yeah, yeah. Because, and I, and I, and I think say, yeah, marketing is, is important, right? It's part of the branding. Yeah. It's part of building exactly. your brand. And it's part of like selling your message across uh, uh, what you're good at selling, um, what you're good at building, what kind of service you got. I mean, it's part of a branding process. It's nothing about being uh, blowing your trumpet. And it's, Asians are really like... You know, it's, it's this thing about, okay, we should be really, really humble. You should never uh, uh, talk about... Well, well, on on, on a side note, Vicky, yeah. just let me yeah. interrupt you there. On a side yeah. note, I always tell yeah. when, I, when, I run, when I run professional development courses, mm. I always tell people that one thing that I learned from expats who work in Malaysia, they're very mm. good at telling people what good work they've done. Yeah. So we need to learn from them in terms of yeah. marketing. That's how they get the big jobs because they tell people about their, their stories. So I always say to people, don't humble. I mean, don't be humble because if you're going to be humble, you're going to you're going to mumble. And when you mumble, someone's going to take your job. Yeah. Don't let other people take your job. Defend what you've done. Well said. Defend what you've done. I think I think I realize that that should be the mantra of. Uh, uh, pandemic and post-pandemic era. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah. I, I now, now, now that I'm in my 40s, uh, some some of my friends say, wow, you're very proud of what you've done. I said, yeah, because if I don't shout about it, who will? Yeah. Facebook? Yeah. You have to. No. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you don't expect your mom to be doing that. You don't expect your teacher no. should be doing that. It means no. it's got to be you. You, you, have, you have to survive. So people... <laughs> People always say to me, the competition. Squeeze out the competition. <laughs> so I, no, people, I'll give you an example. People say yeah. to me, look, you, you come as a very highly regarded TV presenter and master mm. of ceremonies. Why are mm. you the best? Because mm. my reference list mm. is the best. Yeah. 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 It includes captains of industry, mm. government leaders, politicians. Mm. 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 Great. So, like, now, now um, if if you have this opportunity to go to your government and to say like okay what's going to make um the man in the street uh, you and i we are the man in the street right i mean we live on the streets right we try to get a job and survive in the streets um i mean none of us belong to the royal family um uh, none of us are the prince harry or the Meghan Markle <laughs> who got married, you know. So, you know, for, for people like us, the mortal beings, what would you say like, okay, this is going to make our lives easier um, if this can be done? So and so, bullet point A, bullet point B, um, what would you say for the average Malaysians? Well, to answer that question, Vicky, I wouldn't mm. really say too much because it is sensitive. Mm. And who am I to say that you should do A, B or C? Mm. But to give your question the due respect that it deserves, mm. I would just say to these people, if I were in your shoes, which I'm doing right now, mm. is that I would look at my skill set. 
Mm. You know, they always say reflection is a hallmark of a champion. Yeah. And we are, I believe everybody's a champion. So you got to reflect on what you're good at and what you're not. Mm. I mean, the pandemic pushed me to do my online show, which I have, I should have done 10 years ago. So I've started Sunday Learning with Ben Ibrahim. So, you know, I interview world-class people in the area of sports, corporate leadership and entertainment with overseas and within Malaysia. I mean, I've only been running for about eight episodes, but uh, the traction that I've been getting is quite good and it's positive. So if the pandemic didn't come, I would have just procrastinated even more. So the good old saying from the Quran, man proposes, God disposes. So, you know, mm. so, I mean, things do happen for a reason. I really believe that. I really yeah. do. I've had yeah. enough life experience to do that. So, mm-hmm. I suppose just reflect what you're strong at and reflect what you're not. I had a friend of mine who's an mm. MC. Yeah. He called me and said, uh, Ben, what do I do? Mm. And I just told him, look, mate, MC is a very relationship business. Mm. It's like consulting, really. Yeah. I mean, the client is going to use you not necessarily because I mean you're competent mm. but they like you mm. they like you and that's 70% of the job yeah. likability but this job is seasonal it will mm. only happen in the fourth quarter of the year mm. after Chinese New Year mm. and after Hari Raya so mm. you're looking at nine months of income what about the mm. other three months Mm. So I said, what else do you, I mean, I don't know this friend very well. I mean, he's been an industry friend for a while. I said, what else do you do? He said, oh, I can do this, I can do that. I said, well, you better explore it now. Because yeah. it's usually the boring stuff that can pay the bills as well. Not the glamorous mm-hmm. stuff. The problem with us presenters, MC, mm-hmm. we're, we're so used to the, the big stuff that pays. And that's our rice bowl. That's mm-hmm. fine. But it is seasonal. If you're single, it's fine. Mm, cool. Single is fine, but you, if you have a family like I do and like a lot of other people do, you got to mm. put food on the table. Sophia's not working yet, my wife, she will be next year, God willing. So, yeah, mm. look at that skill set, where mm. identify what, what you, where you're strong at, where you're mm. not so strong at. Look at the market, mm. what does the market need, and mm. do a bit of a skills analysis and yeah. go from there. That's yeah. what I've been telling myself and telling my friends. Mm. You know, I mean, I. Because of that, I, I'm lecturing more. I'm doing online lecturing. Every Friday, I teach PR and HR at a small college here online, you know. Mm. So, mm. I, and, I, and what do you see by, because I don't know, I don't track the Malaysian numbers. What do you see is going to be the trajectory of this, this situation in terms of uh, the pandemic? going forward well if they can I mean it's it's a science factor if they can just find where the clusters are Mm. really knock down that cluster Mm. and slowly eradicate it Mm. and the on top of while that's happening simultaneously if they can get Mm. the serum or the cure for for coronavirus then Mm. I think we will see an improvement. I foresee that 2021 will still be a knock-on effect from 2020. Mm. The economy will not go back to normal, normal. Mm. If everything goes according to plan, maybe it might go back to as normal as can be in 2022. But Mm. 2021 will be the year that people are still scared, people Mm. are still conservative, people are wearing masks, Mm. people are not going out so much, not going Mm. on overseas holidays. And Mm. 
that is what's going to be the effect. People are still scared. Mm. They're still scared. My father is still scared. My father is 70. Yeah, Two. of course. Of so, course. He has yeah. valid, yeah, he has valid reason to be, yeah, for his uh, age group. I, 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 what's the numbers like? Is it, is it increasing but slowly tapering off already? Certain, 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 certain states are very high. Sabah was very high. Mm-hmm. Slango was up and down. Yeah. Uh, what are the other states? Yeah. Sabah mm-hmm. was the biggest concern, East Malaysia. Yeah. So that, that's, that's where the effect was. So. They're trying to. They're just trying to curb that. But in, but in KL and in this part of Malaysia, it's still largely all right, isn't it? KL was up and down. Certain parts of KL was up. So that was the scary part. I live in KL. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that was the the scary part. But yeah. you know what, Vicky? Yeah. I have stopped looking at the numbers. Yeah. Because it's depressing. Yeah, do anything the that, of the day. Yeah, do Tell anything that inside. keeps your mind strong yeah. and keep it cool. Especially when you're a dad. You know, I would like to um, as we are as I promised you, um, we're gonna keep this short. Um, so the conclusion is it's hitting hard. I mean not only in Malaysia, in Singapore. And also I was interviewing another lady um, from the US. I've got a lot, I've got, I've got all these interviews um, coming in from the US. They, they, they tell me the same thing. They go through that kind of anxiety. And, and she's from Louisiana. So she, you know, we spoke about it last night. And she told me the husband lost a job. And at that time he was, he totally lost all control. They had to quickly get a therapy because um, it's the, the kind of atmosphere that is being like, hooked up in the house for four months of lockdown. Four months in the US, in certain states. So it's every place is slightly different because they do not have an overarching, uh, uh, um, it's not like in Malaysia whereby they have an overarching strategy. So on a state-wise, every is slightly different. So she, she told me it was so tough for her and she's American, right? And then it was so tough for the husband because he totally lost it. And then it was so hard for him, uh, she had to seek online therapy and then he persuaded him to seek online therapy. So now they're using some of the tools um, of the therapy um, and pivoted. So he quickly, he lost his job, but he pivoted to online, something that is doing online too. So um, he kind of like, kind of like stabilized a little bit. Um, I think it's really hard for families um, and she has two kids. Um, she's like, she's got twins who are five years old. She said that, oh, at one time I just felt like we're going to die. <laughs> she keeps saying that. You know, and, and I told her, oh, but that phase was over. But she said that it really hit them hard um, in the US. And especially now it's like, it's going up. And, and you know, there are lots of people are going through this, this period of time. When we think we are different, but hey, when through my interviews, you, know, you really got to watch my shows. Um, I hope that you kind of like help someone out there. Someone in some part of the deep part of America, when they are suffering like crazy. And she's yeah, telling yeah. me, like, she Agreed. feels that. She tells me like, you know, I, I, she said she may sound like she's crazy, but I really am telling honestly that I thought we were going to die. And she kept telling me, and that, yeah, but that phase was over. She was telling me that happened in uh, uh, April when they started to have this lockdown. Yeah, and they had a lockdown for four months, you know, and she was so scared and she was so scared for her two twins 
um, who are five years old. And she was saying that, oh, she blamed herself so much. And she, she blamed herself for bringing them to the world at this time. Why could I? And my God, like, but you know, throughout my, uh, my talk with her, she was reflecting before. Now she's so much better now because she was having a therapy. She's having a therapy online, etc. And you know, she had got so much love for her family that she needed. She knew that she needed like to take care of the situation. That's why she, she went online to seek the therapy, and she's she, so she's so much better now. And we had laughs over the the the, 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 the virtual Zoom uh, chat that we have. You know, it's true this that. It kind of like encouraged me to, you know, somewhat like some deep part of another world. And and I interviewed the same lady because I had three interviews back to back last night because I really wanted them to tell their story. People come on because they want to tell the world. And I've got this Pakistani lady. She was telling me that 70% of the population is already infected in Pakistan. And she's a, she's a woman doctor. And she was telling me that... Right. At one point it was peak, etc. You know, you should be listening to her. But now it was trying, it was stabilizing, etc. And um, I was talking to another young man uh, in India just before you. That's why I'm a bit late. I apologize for that. Well, that's okay. Lucky was telling me that um, it hit their family. Their, his, his close uncle was tested positive, and you know that fear. And the aunt was crying throughout, and he was locked in the room for 21 days. Can you imagine, like? And he said that was when India was like hit high. I mean, India is still number two in the world. And I can't imagine how people go through when um, a family member tested positive, they, they were hit hard. And the wife was like so helpless and the whole family couldn't come. Other families couldn't come. You know, it's like, oh my God. But of course now they could talk about it. And that's why he wanted really to come onto the show to talk about his experience um, and how he says that they were all on the edge. It's not just him, he's a young man, he's, he's, he's in a university now. He says not wow. just him, it's the whole family and he's talking about the extended family. You know, Indians are like extended, extended families, right? He says everyone was just at the edge and anything could just, they could just like crack, you know, because they were, they were so anxiety. And um, the doctor came every day to the house in full PPE suits. Can you imagine that? So I can't imagine, but I want the story to be out. You know, so a lot of us, um, we go through it so tough, but there are people out there who's like really going through it, suffering, um, but have emerged. And, and he was saying, and this young man, I mean, his 20s is doing... Um, uh, a mechanical engineering in the university. He really wanted to be on the show, and and I thank him for that because it's real. And he was telling me that everyone was on the edge, and no one talked about it because it was so serious. If anything, like just like if a nail dropped, my thinking is that if a nail dropped, anyone could have just cracked, you know. Um, so, so I asked him a lot of things and he's going to come on tomorrow to continue his story because uh, the line was cut because it, it's not stable in certain parts of India. Um, he says there was a network problem. And you know, it's these stories that keep us going, um, Ben. 
and you know these things that really like go on to different parts you know i i i mean i hope that this kind of encourage you and myself because i get encouraged myself is like these people have emerged to to live to tell a story and and i'm so glad that we're we're documenting this it makes it such and your story is important because someone down the line is going to catch on to this this story and say hey i'm going through the same thing like someone somewhere in another part of the world they they're going through the same thing um i've got yeah, another yeah. lady um just to share with you i've got a boy 3 days ago he called into my podcast in the middle of the night because you know the time zones and he's uh, he's 20 years old um i i think in college um in a university in college in the US so he tells me um he's what is a white guy you know um 20 years old he says i'm so scared i'm so scared this is so scared then i said do you talk about it in your family does anybody no but no adults are talking to him can you imagine that and and i said does your mom talk about it it's not it's, it's just a little bit they don't talk about it i said what about your teacher no they don't what about your school no they just say go home homeschooling and go online and you know these kids have no not they don't know what's going on and can you imagine what's going on in their mind when the kids start, just start to talk and and then i asked him um so you you talk about about it among your friends your classmates right? he says yes so does it increase that fear he says yes he said i'm so scared it's so scary it's so scary and they talked about it like they keep he kept like repeating it like you know so i know that someone the thing is that then the world is just like coming together don't you see it's like oh my god it's like the world is just going through this regardless of yeah. what age you are what color you are which deep part of a country you are and and they're just telling you that I'm just so anxious. I I thought I was going to die. You know, I I just want to be really honest with you. I really thought that I'm going to die. I really thought that my whole family is like, "Oh my god. Okay, just just hang on. Are you okay now?" <laughs> you know, it's like um but people have emerged. People have emerged and and if and if anything that you and I were doing right now, um uh, if there's any encouragement that we could um put a message across, "Hey guys, just hang in there a little bit just another few more months um let us see through this you know i i interview another guy in nigeria um and a deep part of nigeria um i can't remember which country of uh, the capital of like nigeria um and and a young man um who's doing his business online a school teaching and uh he was telling me about you know the case and, and again a lot of anxiety deep part of africa <laughs> wow <laughs> you know but they say but the cases have stabilized etc you know he was just telling me that hey even though he was telling me and and I sh- and I sh- you sh- I should really like uh keep pushing my videos um um into google ads because i'm just thinking i'm i'm not into followers or popularity but i really think that the word should get out people should just be sharing and this nigerian guy in his 20s he was just encouraging i said what last words do you have he says that yes your business may be hit 
maybe someone in your family has, you know, whatever. It's not the end of the world. And yeah. and and I mean, he was just trying to assure the world. I say, what do you have to say to the world? And he says that it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've got another Mexican guy. <laughs> you know, was telling me, you know, you know, Mexico and Brazil. You know how hard it hit them. How hard it really hit the country. If you look at the internet, and I'm not going to tell you, it's really scary. I looked at the videos and the photos and the news from coming out from South America. It's really hitting them hard. But this guy is so positive. He says, "I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the war. I'm just waiting for this to be over." I'm just coming out. I was just telling you, I'm just waiting for the world. I'm just coming to Singapore. <laughs> you know, so you know, um, I, I I hope that you know, um, Ben, your word of encouragement that, like what you say, for self development, look at your skill set. I think this is a time when people should really just like repivot themselves. Rebrand themselves. Is this something that you do as a lecture, your new lecture, online lectures? Well, I've been lecturing for. I don't tell many people this, but no, I didn't market it very well, shall I say? Yeah. But I'm. I'm not. I'm for a TV presenter. I just market certain skills. Yeah. But I've been because I have a master's degree in human resource management yeah. studies. I I have been lecturing in certain academic subjects for the last twelve years. Yeah. So it's always been a side income for me, yeah. and it could be my full-time income for the next ten years. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But I quite—I mean, I believe that academic teaching and TV presenting is very much similar. So, yeah, it wasn't a new skill set that I found. It was just could I find a college that is looking for a part-time guy with not a lot of Zoom experience? Now I have a lot of Zoom experience to <laughs> to. To teach students, which I really, really enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I that is the skill I have developed, yeah. and I'm quite, I'm also quite good at training yeah. development because yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've got a teaching persona as you can see, and yeah. I'm quite patient, generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. So, and when I was living, when I was studying in Australia, I, I competed and coached in many, many sports. So, not to get too technical or specific, but I, yeah. So that kind of mantra makes me a teacher. I do realize something about myself now than when I was younger, because here, I think what we Asians try to do, we try to mold ourselves in a particular way on what society and our parents expect of us. But one thing that I've learned over the years is that you should never put someone in a position that they don't want to be in. So my parents would always say, "Oh, I, I meant well that I wanted you to try maca and be in a place that you could never be hungry, and you'll always have a job, and that's why we selected HR for you. And even though you passionately wanted to study physical education and journalism and leadership and all that sort of stuff, that's kind of uh, because in Asia it's such an it's I'm sorry to say this it's such a negative concept to be seen as a teacher because you know you're not." Earning a lot of money, it's not economic status, it's not decision-making status, and all that sort of stuff. But you know what? I don't care about that. I don't. I never have, and I probably never will. Okay. If someone wants me to lead a line 
or to lead a company and it matches my skill set and my passion and interest, then yes, I tick all the boxes. But if you want me to lead something that is not in those areas that I've just mentioned, then I would happily recommend other friends who are very competent bankers, chief financial officers who want to become CEOs and so forth and so forth. So I think, I mean, saying that, which leads to our conversation today, I think today's parents, whether their children are in high school, like secondary school or in primary school, I really hope that the Asian society of today has learned from our parents in a good way, not that our parents meant badly, and do not put our children in positions they don't want to be in. Because A, you'll be wasting your money in terms of educating your children, because then if they, you send them to a finance degree and they're dreaming about graphic design, then you're kind of wasting your resources. And really, really change the culture that we don't have to be such traditionalists. We yeah. can be dreamers. Traditionalists, yeah. Yeah, we can be dreamers. A bit more adventurous. Yes, you know? yes. I mean, if it doesn't work, who cares? Yeah. You know, and education is an education. You know, you could study arts, you could study whatever. I mean, as long as you're educated, that's okay. That's the bottom line. So, I mean, sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to go off topic, but it's very much on topic of COVID because COVID is all about reflection. So I hope that society, especially Asian society, and I'm not saying Asian society is bad. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Western society is brilliant. There's a lot of things that Western society have done this year, which is not brilliant. If you look at America and Australia, they can't even wear a mask properly. Now they can because of what happened. So the world learns. The world learns through mistakes. The world learns through milestones. I call it the M&M effect, not chocolate. Okay. So that's what it is. Yeah, I, that's what it is. And I mean, to answer your question, is this what I teach now? No, I've always taught this and I always firmly believe this and I use my energy and charisma of communication to communicate just that well well said and you know you have such strength um in such strength as a speaker as a as person who expresses and you are able to express a lot in little words you know a lot of people would keep talking talking but what's the point <laughs> we call it the shalom roundabout in malaysia you're going around the roundabout over and over again get to the point man yeah. what are you trying to say mean what you say yeah. full stop and I think that's that's wonderful. If if um, you are doing that, you know, um, one of these days you can. Uh, oh yeah, you are doing a lot of uh, uh, consultancy online on Fridays, etc. Right? You were saying that. Yeah, teaching, teaching. Yeah. Teaching that. Yeah. And um, if there are any final things that you would like to conclude um, in our conversation chat before I invite you and your wife again. No, I mean, I wish everybody all the very best. Yeah. I'm a very open person. I'll be very honest with everybody. Vicky and I don't know each other as well as we would like, but she reached out to me and said, look, I'm very passionate about this topic. And I say, you know what? I mean, I ask people who I don't know to come on my show all the time. Mm -hmm. And some people might think I'm a spam <laughs> because I'm all the way in Asia asking like some world-class athletes in Europe and America to come onto my show. Some of them have said yes, some of them don't even reply, but that's okay. That's okay. My philosophy is you don't know if you don't ask. I asked, I asked Michael Bublé to come on my show. His people said no. My family laughed at me. I said, why are you laughing? You don't know if you don't ask. 
So always keep asking. They and invented five W's and a H yeah. for a reason. So always use those five W's and a H to use it as your guiding force. I wish everybody all the very best for their families. Yeah. I hope the food on the table will always be colorful and rich and tasty. Wow. And that's what, that's what we, I really miss about Malaysia. That you're right to say I, the colorful food. Yeah. And I hope everybody, and I know, and I pray, I'm a man of faith, that things will get better. Slowly yeah. but surely. So hang in there, everybody. I'm yeah. right there with you. Vicky's right there with you. Yeah. Let's keep talking about it and don't be yeah. shy to have the conversation. Yeah, and and I like your last uh, interview. You're saying that don't be don't don't shy away from difficult conversations. That's what you mentioned, and I and I think um, like what you say in this pandemic, right? When people were afraid to talk about certain things, probably this is the best time that they really could reflect and talk about it, whatever issue that they have. Yeah, and would, would you like your... That's your boy, right? Yeah, he's there. What's your name? Kyle. Say louder. Kyle Iskander. Kyle Iskander. So, sorry that this little one has interrupted me, but we work hard for these little ones, so they're worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I see a wonderful picture with your wife and your children. I would like to invite uh, Sophia to talk about uh, love in pandemic. That would be my next yeah. series. That I really want people to really talk about how they sustain themselves. I do have another series called Faith in Pandemic. I'm inviting some people from uh, uh, a Muslim lady. And then um, she's from Pakistan. I spoke to her yesterday. She's a doctor, um, and, and she's going to talk about Asian Muslims. And I, I welcome that. You know, I was telling you that being Singaporean and Malaysian, we welcome and we we embrace different kinds of faith. You know, and I would like her to talk about that. Um, you know, I would like to invite you and your wife um, again to talk about love in pandemic. I see that so much. Sure, we'll, we'll, we'll try our best to help, Vicky. I mean, it's just. Uh, don't be, I mean, I, you know me, I'm always open to share. It's just schedule permitting. Yeah. Sophia's in the middle of exams at the moment. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, try no our, we'll always try our best to help you out. With that, we can guarantee yeah. it's just a let's, timing thing. Let's, let's all help each other to help others. Yeah. That, well, that, I mean, back to the point. That's why I, I mean, even though I don't know you as well as I would like, but I really like what I see and hear. Yeah. You seem like a genuine person. I mean, you know, like people reach out. If I, if I want to reach out to people for help, I should be giving help to, to people as well. So that's one thing my friends, my friends Stuart Ramalingam always said to me, don't ever say sorry for asking for my help because he gave help to people who needed help. And it's a, it's a cycle. It's a positive cycle that should always, I know many people don't see it that way, but hopefully this conversation can change a few mindsets and everybody can help each other out a bit better. Thank you so much. And I know that inviting you has always been the best thing that happened. Thank you so much, and please say hi to Sophia. I've never met her. I saw her in the Facebook. Uh, in the, please say in my, photo. My, my best to you. Yeah. All no right. Worries, we, Vicky. We will, we will, Thanks for we will. having me, and my best to your husband as well. Yes. Yeah, he's too shy to be here. He's just sitting right beside me. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Oh, All you're right. having an interview today? I say, Yes. I'm just like, you know, he's so supporting of, uh, of me doing this. Um, you know, um, yeah. It's, it's such, it has become such a meaningful thing. You know, it has to That's me. It's so nice to hear. 
it has become meaningful thing. At first, it was like a hobby, you know, just for myself. But then it has become like, hey, people just wanted to talk, and people just wanted, and it gets it off the people. It was therapeutic for a lot of people. I was like, wow. Um, when you never talk to anyone, but you use the platform, you know, people just needed to talk. Um, when it, when they find that they couldn't talk with their families because they found that the topic was too heavy for them, they didn't want to burden other people, and that's what I found myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody about my fears. You see, I didn't want because I didn't want to burden people. You know, I didn't want to commiserate. You know, yeah. But you know, thank you so much, Ben. A round of applause for Ben and Sophia and the children who's hanging in there tough. We will meet when everything is over. <laughs> We will, we will. Yeah, and I That's love right. the street food. Thank you. Nice I'm gonna food. I'm gonna text text you again, right? Bye. Anytime. Thank you.